nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn. Welcome to Swansea and we have a meaty show for you tonight. We are talking about vaping in UK schools. We're going to try and get behind the headlines, behind the fear to what's really happening in classrooms from teachers in the UK and what they should be doing about it, how worried they should be and what's going on in the wider world. Tune in, talk it out. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. So, Boridar Pab, Chrysoe Abatawi, everyone, welcome to Swansea, welcome to the Twilight Show with me, Nathan Ginn, on Teachers Talk Radio. And as I said in the introduction, today's show, this show, is going to be about vaping. Uh, vaping in UK schools, predominantly, we're focusing on the UK, because as we go through, we'll hear that America has a slightly different take on this. Australia uh, has a very different take on where they have gone with vaping. And it's not just something that is impacting on schools. It's a bigger issue. It's part of a, um, a positive, in, you know, in reality, uh, smoking cessation plan. So uh, something to help people stop smoking. So we are facing a couple of different challenges there. You know, there are calls, and when we go through in the first uh, part, the kind of panic, uh, the media uh, newspaper headlines that have been talking about this, um, some of them, and some of the comments that we've heard from teachers as well, will call for a, a ban. Uh, which is something that Australia has done. Uh, America has tried with specific products, and we'll talk about that as we go through, um, on a very specific type of vaping. Um, and that, again, is maybe something where we need to get out right at the start. Is what are we talking about when we talk about vaping? And in what circumstances are we finding it problematic? Um, it's probably you know best from the start that I talk with um, all my cards on the table. I am not a, a medical expert. I am a, a classroom teacher, like probably a lot of you listening. Um, and it is a challenge that I face. The only difference is that through the, 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 you know, the blessed benefit of being part of Teachers Talk Radio, it has given me uh, maybe some access, maybe some opportunity to ask some questions, uh, a chance to reflect and, and, and really look into this uh, topic that is something that is happening. Now, when we talk about personally, my personal stance on this, I, you know, I will put my hands up and I will say, as a young person, I smoked, you know, and I smoked tobacco cigarettes. And we are all clear, I think, or hopefully we're all clear on the, the damage and the harm that has been done, is still being done. We, we'll talk a little bit later on of tobacco smoking. Um, and where we are as a country with that. And I think when we, we look at some of the figures and we talk about the figures of 
smoking versus vaping. I think there'll be some surprises there maybe for some people. And we'll talk about why maybe there's that perception, why we are perceiving this increase quite so much in schools. Um, and that, again, is a part of it. Yeah, I smoked uh, for, for a long time. You know, we're talking about maybe 10 years, maybe more um, from a young age. Um, and then I did vape. I, you know, I was looking for something to help me stop and I moved through. I had, um, you know, there are different kinds of vapes and we will talk about those. I moved through what was at the time, and you know, we're talking a, a, a long time ago now, maybe 10, 12 years ago since I, since I've properly gave up and they had little metal cigarette looking, uh, tubes that in the, and the end would glow when you smoke, when you, when you, uh, sort of breathed it in because, it was um, replicating exactly, you know, or trying to replicate exactly that that smoking part. So you would, you know, it would be a tube of metal, and uh, but it looked like a cigarette. It had the, the kind of different colour at one end and then was white, and then at, at the end that was sort of sticking out towards other people, that bit would have some kind of LED in it, I guess, and that would glow. And I tried them, and there was uh, tobacco flavour to it, and I really didn't get on with it. I, you know, I didn't enjoy it. One of the things we'll be talking about later in the show is uh, flavours, because this is something that certainly people have concerns about. You know, anyone who's old enough to remember um, the Alcapops issues that we had in the UK um, back in the uh, sort of uh, mid, early to mid 90s, I think it was, when we were talking about Pooch and two dogs and uh, you know lemonades with cartoon characters on the on the front of them and uh, people perceive them to be marketed at children and this is one of the things we'll talk about uh, about vaping about that perception when it comes to the flavors but I'll tell you when you know when I started vaping when I tried vaping for the first time as a way to stop smoking it was tobacco flavored and it didn't take and so a little bit later on I moved to a um, system where you would have a a pen-typed rechargeable device which had a canister in it. And that canister in it, you would fill up with a liquid and you could buy different liquids in different flavors. And um, it was having those different flavors that then seemed to break the tobacco flavor habit for me. And then I eventually moved on to to gum and and, eventually have, have really stopped. But I did vape. And so, you know, I think that's important. We, we get that out there. But what I'd never used, and maybe this is something where we'll, we'll get to the real kind of heat of the concerns. I never used the disposables, which I think is where most teachers, when we talk about vaping, will be imagining these brightly colored, um, looking like a, you know, maybe like a highlighter pen, looking, you know, something that wouldn't look out of place in a school pencil case. Uh, they will have have something like that in their mind that is colored in a way that makes it bright uh, and and is flavored in a way that makes it sweet or makes it um you know flavors like bubble gum will come to mind fruity flavors um and that is what i think most people will be imagining so we will talk about a little bit about that. Now, I'm hopeful that we'll be joined later on in the show by John Dunn, who's the Director General of UK Vaping Industry Association. So we're hoping to hear from him and, and hear about what they're taking it on it is about 
not only the, the the storm that we are facing, but also what people should be aware of, what they should be doing, and how they can report if they believe that something is not being done right. Um, so let's start off. As I say, we'll be cutting across contents here because there is a lot of information that comes from America, um, and there is a lot of information that comes from Australia also. Um, and then, of course, what is happening in the UK at the moment. So the first piece of information I want to drop in, and now I should say this is from the um, CDC, uh, which is American, um, the Center for Disease Control. And this is from their website that says, quick facts on the risks of e-cigarettes for kids, teens, and young adults. Now, obviously, in this country, currently, it is illegal to uh, sell uh, vapes or e-cigarettes as they're, they're also called um, to anyone under 18 it's also illegal to supply them and there are some restrictions on them as well but this is what the CDC in America are saying about e-cigarettes in kids teens and young adults um, they say the use of e-cigarettes is unsafe for kids, teens and young adults. Most e-cigarettes contain nicotine. Nicotine is a highly addictive and can harm the adolescent brain development, which continues into the uh, early to mid-twenties. E-cigarettes contain other harmful substances beside nicotine, and young people who use e-cigarettes may be more likely to smoke cigarettes in the future. Now, of those four claims, some of them not contested, some of them, as you'll find out, and I have had many, many conversations in the preparation for this show, I have had many conversations uh, with different people about these different uh, pieces of information that different organisations are putting out. Now, no one, no one, I should say, has said that uh, kids, uh, the e-cigarettes or vaping is safe. And in fact, Everyone has also agreed to some extent, to a, a, some extent or a lesser extent, that nicotine is addictive. Um, there have been people who have challenged on, on different parts of that, of whether it is more comparable with, say, caffeine. Um, but it should be noted that in the UK, we do limit energy drink sales to under 16s. Um, so where we are with that and across different countries is different. Um, the fact that e-cigarettes contain other harmful substances. Now, this is another slightly contested uh, piece of information. We'll see where that goes. What we certainly do know is that these um, chemicals are in there. Uh, how much or how dangerous, how harmful they are would be the bit that is contested. Um, and then that young people who use e-cigarettes may be more likely to smoke cigarettes in the future. Now, this bit, as we go through, is something that is really has been with me as I've researched this, um, has been by some of the advocates of vaping uh, for adults, I should say, as a, as a pastime that should be uh, unrestricted, should I say, should not be banned like it is in, in Australia. Um, has been uh, questioned and we'll look at some of the data a little bit back on about whether there is what is sometimes called a gateway effect or not for e-cigarettes or vaping now they go on to talk a little bit about how they work and this is probably useful for anyone who's never used it or who has um, you know not, not really understood the concept of what the machine is doing and it should also say probably at this point um, where I have been uh, had my 
my wrist slapped maybe a number of times in conversation where I've referred to the um, vapor is, is probably the most appropriate word for it then as smoke or as you know smoking e-cigarettes now um, it is not smoke um, and where the CDC who as we've already sort of seen are on the critical side of um, the e-cigarettes and the vaping um, issue uh, say uh, e-cigarettes produce an aerosol by heating a liquid that usually contains nicotine flavorings and other chemicals to help make the aerosol the liquid used in e-cigarettes often contains nicotine and flavorings this liquid is sometimes called e-juice e-liquid vape juice vape liquid um, users inhale the aerosol into their lungs they say bystanders can also breathe in aerosol when the user exhales it into the air um, and they also say that e-cigarette devices can be used to deliver marijuana and other drugs so that is how it works now there again as we will find throughout this there are lots of contested issues and things that people will disagree on to a, a greater or lesser extent and one of the things that some people have disagreed on within that is the uh, whether there is an effect on bystanders uh, of breathing in this aerosol certainly for, for anyone who's a teacher and has dealt with an issue in their school possibly in the toilets they will know that they can smell it and if you can smell it that means that you know in some way that uh, vapor is is transferring to yourself that you know this is simple science about how that would work um, there are questions though and when we get on to even uh, people from the UK like Cancer Research UK who suggest that there isn't much evidence there for whether secondhand, like we would be aware of secondhand smoke, whether there is an issue with secondhand vaping. So that sets us the scene. Hopefully we um, have an understanding of what we are talking about, or at least we, you know where I'm coming from, you know where what the devices we are describing are. Now my feeling, um, when talking to other teachers about this, about which devices are being used, and we are not talking about the devices where there is a canister and people have their tubes of e-juice, their tubes of uh, vape liquid, that they are filling up themselves and they are using in an adult way. Most people, when they have described the um, either the vapes that they have had to confiscate or the vapes that they have seen, young people and teenagers using at the school gates, they are describing the uh, colourful ones, the disposable ones, okay? So that should uh, sort of set where we're at. Now, when I say that there is a, um, you know, a number of people who are saying that this is an issue, I have had comments from uh, primary school teachers where they are saying that they are seeing these disposable vapes being brought into the primary school in a way that they were not seeing or had not seen in their careers uh, cigarettes being brought in to school now when we put out a poll on twitter and this is a very small poll you know 124 votes of uk teachers uh, saying had they had to deal with a student using a vape in the last academic year, in the year 21-22. And it came back with a little under, or a little over, should I say, 70% um, of teachers who were saying that they had had to deal with an issue with regards to vaping 
in school last year. Now, if you reflect and if you're listening live, feel free to text in to call in to let us know what your thoughts are on it. Um, but that to me seems like an increase on the number of incidents of smoking in school. And we'll get on to why and we'll get on to what can be done about that and why we might be seeing it and maybe why this is a, a possibly a red herring for us uh, in the educational profession. But 70% of teachers having to deal with it seems like a lot. It seems like a lot to me. And so people are talking about it. The, the, the information is getting out there. And so, you know, it's getting into the newspaper headlines. And we're going to jump straight to one of those newspaper headlines. And this one is from The Guardian. Um, and one of the ones very recently that talked about it. This, in fact, is from the 23rd of July. Um, so within the last month, and um, we've uh, seen a headline from The Guardian that, that says, child vaping risks becoming public health catastrophe in the UK, experts warn. So there's our headline. Uh, there are fears that e-cigarette boot has the potential to create a generation of young people hooked on nicotine. It goes on to tell the story of uh, a mother. Lindsay Smith's son was 14 when he bought his first vape. Engrossed in videos of YouTubers making ghost puffs with vapor, he decided he wanted to try it for himself. Now, later, slightly later on in the show, we are going to talk about TikTok uh, paid advertisements from uh, social media personalities, I guess is 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 the right word for it, from, from uh, people and how that is regulated in the UK, um, because there is regulation on it. There, there, there are things and certainly, you know, when we talk about what could be done and what should be done and what is being done, there may be a gap between it. But we'll carry on with the story of... of of this young 14 year old uh, boy. Um, at first he spent hours trying to copy the strangers online, sitting in his bedroom, practicing exhalation techniques to create ghost shaped clouds he was seeing on, on screen. While he started using watermelon flavored vapes with 2% nicotine, purchased from an older boy at school with his five pound a week pocket money, his friends had obtained illegal devices with up to 12.5% nicotine, more than six times above the legal limit. Now, this again gets us to a, 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 a tricky point when we look at what we do as schools about this, because there are, as I've been made aware by, and it was kindly uh, John Dunn, who we hopefully will have calling in later, the Director General of the UK Vaping Industry Association, um, who said that there are these vapes that we would recognise, the ones that we see that are sold in shops in the UK, and they are legal. But part of them being legal is this amount of nicotine they have in them. There are also exactly the same models, perhaps is the right word, the same design that are made with significantly higher nicotine. And these are made for other markets, markets where they have lesser rules perhaps on uh, the the limits or certainly a higher tolerance for the amount that's allowed in them so whilst they may look the same they might be uh, an illegal vape that they have bought and certainly if we are looking to people buying them on the black market as opposed to through shops now for a shop we can expect or we should expect through trading standards that you know the the, the vapes that are bought in that way are 
ones that at least fit within the UK legal limits for adults. Ones that are bought in the black market, ones that are bought like this uh, child has bought from a friend, from someone else, may not have those safety features in place, may not have those restrictions in place. So we have a kind of two-tier problem we're facing there. Um, she goes on to say, he started to vet trying stronger and stronger stuff to get a bit of a buzz, says Smith42 uh, from Northumberland, where before his obsession was playing Minecraft, it's now vaping. Uh, Smith is one of many parents across the UK alarmed by how vaping has quietly gained popularity among children with few warnings of the risk of an epidemic from health officials or government. Uh, despite it being illegal uh, to sell devices to under 18s, research indicates a steep rise in underage vaping over the last five years with a proportion of 16 to 18 year olds who say they use e-cigarettes uh, doubling in the past 12 months alone, according to Action on Smoking Health. Now, that is some of the information that they give. We'll go through in a little bit more detail later on uh, because I have reached out to Action on Smoking Health and they have given us some comments and, and sent through some information so that we can see exactly what they mean because, as you would understand, you know where we pick that information from, we get certainly different amounts of uh, worry and concern uh, when we hear that something is doubling. Um, and so we'll get onto that data, but certainly as a fact, that is true. Part of a bigger picture, perhaps, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on. Um, the article goes on to talk about how in the Observer the weekend before, uh, Elf Bar, one of the leading brands, had been uh, of disposable vapes, had been pulled up for its rules on the social media app TikTok. And we will we'll talk about that one a little bit later on because some people, some people have commented, and myself, I, you know, I've commented in, on social media showing pictures of how I have seen vapes displayed, where I have seen them displayed next to sweets. I've seen them displayed next to children's toys in shops. You know, that positioning is something that, that raises concerns for people, how they are marketed, certainly on social media, that is something that raises concerns, how they are designed, the colours that they are used, and the flavours that are used. Those are all things that are of concern to people who are worried about this rise in uh, teen use of vapes and e-cigarettes. Added on top of that, teachers are concerned because they are seeing it in the schools themselves in a way I would suggest that they haven't seen recently with smoking, certainly not on school premises or inside school buildings. So we get a little bit more information on uh, some aspects from child respiratory doctors who've criticised the government for failing to heed the warnings of the risks of e-cigarettes that are sold in these children-friendly packages containing names of popular sweet treats, including banana milkshake, jelly babies. And both of those products contain 2% nicotine. And that's the highest concentration allowed in the UK. So Professor Andrew Bush, who's a consultant pediatric chest physician at the Royal Brompton and Harefields Hospitals, says, I'm concerned that we're sleepwalking into a public health catastrophe with a generation of children hooked on nicotine. They go on to say, there are concerns about the long-term health effects of vaping, 
and that many of the products on sale in the UK are illicit and may contain banned chemicals or super strength nicotine. Uh, we head back to uh, the young man who we started um, when we talk about uh, his mother discovered her son's habit, tried to crack down on it, confiscated vapes containing nicotine, and as a compromise, said he could have nicotine-free ones, which allowed him to keep practicing his vapor tricks without the addictive chemicals. She thought he'd get bored of it, but within a few weeks, he's drawn back into vaping. Eight months on, he's tried vapes containing uh, THC, uh, the main psychoactive component of cannabis. Um, as a parent, she says, if I wasn't in this situation, I'd say, just say no, put your foot down. But it isn't that easy. So this sets us up, you know, a personal story we've heard uh, from a parent who is um, struggling and sees that this vaping craze, as possibly she'd say, uh, I don't want to put words in her mouth, but certainly the newspaper is is framing it in that way, is part of this uh, issue that has made it difficult for her son to make healthy, for a person his age, healthy choices about what they are doing uh, in, their, in their lifestyle. Where do we stand as teachers? That's the question. Now, if you're listening live, text in. Let me know your thoughts. You can message us live within the Podbean app. You can tweet as well. And let me know what your thoughts are on vaping, how your school approaches it. If you had a parent come to you, as they often do, for parenting advice or for advice on what to do, with a young man, maybe they've come to your pastoral team and said, look, this is the issue I'm facing. What should I do? What does the school do? Now, we'll talk a little bit about school policies a little bit later on, about how we get that message across. Because certainly, I know that there are many schools that are doing um, anti-smoking assemblies. There will be many schools that are doing assemblies on vaping as well. And how that message gets across. And particularly, and this is something that I really hadn't reflected on until I put this conversation out there and heard back from people who surprisingly were in a similar situation to myself when they've given up smoking, that if we do label vaping in its entirety as the big bad, as something that is a very negative thing to do, do we take away the positive of, like my own personal story, of its ability to help someone quit smoking? The other aspect, and this, you know, is is something that we will get onto later when we hear from the ASH reports on how many children are vaping and how many are uh, are taking up this habit, for want of a better word, is if they were not vaping, if vapings did not exist, if vapes did not exist, would they be smoking? Now, we talk about this gateway effect but we also need to consider the fact that is it possibly part of a overall reduction in smoking, which we can all agree, all agree, is significantly more dangerous. And some would say vaping is 50% to 95% less dangerous than smoking. And this is why we find ourselves in a tricky situation. But so a mother comes to you, a, a father, a carer, someone, 
and you maybe have confiscated a vape from their child and you say okay i have i you know i've taken this off school rules school rules say that this cannot be brought onto school premises and used on school premises uh and your child was found using this this vape in the school premises so we have we have taken it from them and so you're giving that message and we say to the child this is not something you can do here but what message are you as teachers giving to the parents to say okay how do you support your child in not using this thing that they shouldn't be using it is illegal for someone to sell it to them it is dangerous um, because it will uh, damage the developing brain as we, you know th that is something that I am paraphrasing from the Center for Disease Control in America um, and the parent turns around and says but my doctor has said it's better for me I've been given them because I'm giving up smoking actually it's not that bad is it those are all questions are all, whilst theoretical are things that we could be faced with and so we have to look at what we're doing and look at the messages we're giving and consider really where we go now it's very easy for us to all out ban which is what some of you might say. And if you believe we should have an all-out ban, text in, message in. On the Twitter, we've, we've certainly had teachers saying that, yeah, you know, let's get rid of these, let's go the Australian way, ban completely. But is that the way? You know, that's what we're talking about. We're going to pop to the ads, and when we come back, we'll hear some more uh, of the concerns of people around vaping, and we will hear uh, some of the evidence i should say or some of the facts that are put out there about vaping and the numbers of young people and children who are doing it in the uk so we'll see you on the other side of these ads this episode of teachers talk radio has been made possible with support from witherslack group the uk's leading provider of sen education and care they're here to support you, too, through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles, and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.weatherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. If you have a passion for education and a talent for teaching and learning, the Witherslack Group want to hear from you. Join them as they open an incredible new school in Essex and be a founding teacher of English, Maths, Science or Primary with multiple leadership opportunities available too. As Teachers Talk Radio partners, we know how much they care about the well-being of staff and their offer to you will be superb. 
To find out more and apply for a role, visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome to Swansea, welcome to the Twilight Show with me, Nathan Ginn, here on Teachers Talk Radio. And as I've said, tonight it is a, you know, a heavy one, a discussion topic for us about vaping in UK schools. Is it something that you have noticed arising? Is it something that concerns you as a teacher? Is it something that concerns you as a parent? Have you seen the headlines recently? And one of them I shared, you know, an article from The Guardian, um, maybe a week or two old, talking about this concern that people have in particular for disposable vapes and children's access to them. We have started off talking about, you know, some of their positives. And I told my own personal story about vapes existing in the world, in the UK, uh, because there are countries where they are banned. Australia would be an example where vapes in all forms, as far as I'm aware, are banned. And so in my own personal situation, that would have made it very difficult or more difficult. Certainly, I tried other ways for me to have quit smoking as an adult. So we have this background of positive benefits for adults, you know, we see it within a context from our point of view, from our as educators, as teachers. And as I've said from the start, I am not a, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I am a teacher who works in pastoral settings, uh, who has their own worries about this. I have a drawer with vapes in, not of my own, of ones that I've had to confiscate. I have had to call parents this academic year, as 70% of our listeners have also had to do. I've had to speak to parents about their child having a vape in school. And those are the ones that we have caught. Those are the ones who we have seen. That doesn't account for the ones who we haven't. And in the feedback that we've had in the run-up to the show, there have even been people messaging in, talking about children in primary school. So that would be under 11 who have been using vapes or are bringing vapes into school uh, to use. And so there is a concern. And when people talk about it, this is a concern. What do we do? You know, I think we would all say that we were fairly confident or fairly happy in how we would approach the issue if it was smoking. You know, we are we are fairly well established for what to do. We know the facts or, you know, as much as we can, we know the dangers and the very real dangers of smoking. And we are able to put that in place and we are able to give advice. Uh, we are able to refer to outside organisations who will give support. With vaping, I think we're, you know, from my own personal message, and if you disagree, but from my own personal point of view, I think we are behind in that. And vapes are new. Why wouldn't we be behind about what processes and what steps we put in place? Certainly, 
from social media when I have raised this as an issue. There are people who see the benefits of vaping in adults who are fearful of uh, teachers, schools, the public in general, uh, fearful of a backlash, maybe it's the right word, fearful of a pushback on what they see is a benefit, a social benefit, because it is helping people quit smoking. Let's take it to the school context again. And let's look at an article recently from the TES. Now, this time, headlined again with vaping in schools, how concerned should we be? And this was from the 22nd of April. So again, this year, which is when people are saying that they have seen this increase. This is when, you know, the vapes have existed for a, a long time, at least as I look back at e-cigarettes, in some form or another, you know, we're talking 10, 15 years, you know, that these have existed. So the test article starts, anecdotal reports from teachers suggest that underage e-cigarette use is becoming increasingly common. So how big a problem is vaping in secondary schools and what are the health concerns? Has vaping become the 2022 equivalent of sneaking a fag around the back of the bike sets? Sarah, an English teacher and behavioural leader at a secondary school in the north of England, certainly thinks so. I want to draw attention, though, to that behind the back of the bike sheds, because certainly, and this might be, you know, when I talk to teachers about this as an issue, I am hearing that it is not just behind the back of the bike sheds with, with vaping. And maybe this is something we need to talk about a little bit later on. Where is it happening in your school? Is it happening outside? Or is this change because... You know, certainly in, in settings where I've worked, vaping does not set off fire alarms. Vaping does not leave the same smell that cigarette or tobacco would. And vaping, uh, a e-cigarette or a vape itself, a disposable vape, when you have to hide it quickly and put it in your pocket, does not burn a hole through your trousers like a cigarette would. And so have our methods of detection have the warning signs that we are looking for do they need to change are we stuck in a smoking mindset and i should say when you know when i talk about the comparability of our sanctions of our fines of all of those things between vaping and smoking adult vapors pro vapors have have been slightly shocked i guess in the sense that we would treat and maybe this is something for you to message in on do you treat vaping the same as you treat smoking and the second question of that should you do you treat having an energy drink differently and where on this continuum do you treat alcohol differently to smoking where on this continuum of behavioral sanctions of support that's put in around the child do we see vaping fit and have we got it in the right place that would be a question that i'm asking but we go back to the test article um more and more, and this is a quote from Sarah, not her real name, more and more it's becoming a massive issue in my school. We have kids vaping here on a daily basis. We suspect that it's going on at every break time, every lunchtime, in every toilet. Our kids would never dare to have a cigarette in school toilets, but they'll vape because they know you can't really smell it and you can't really prove who it was, she says. And that certainly reflects my experiences 
of vaping in schools and the experiences of people who've contacted us to talk about this issue that it is harder for us to be aware of or and you know this is something i'd like to get onto maybe a little bit later a very astute point i should say from um an american uh commentator on vaping who joined the conversation with us who uh tweeted to say you know uh, I know this may rub you the wrong way, Nathan, but 14% of UK high school students still smoke. They can't do that in school because of the smell. So teachers don't have to deal with it. Out of sight, out of mind, question mark. And I have to reflect on that of, is there something to that? Are we seeing vaping as a big issue because of where it is happening and because the children are being caught because it is done in a way that is much more open to us because we are noticing it more because when we look at the data and we will look at the data and the numbers a little bit later on um when we look at the data it is not as large i was surprised you know it does not appear as large as i thought it was going to be the number of children who are reportedly vaping particularly compared to smoking it's nearly half as many, you know, and, and um, I checked the, the, the figures on that and it is, it's, you know, 14% smoking, far less, let half of that vaping. I, I have not had to take one cigarette off a child this year. I, you know, I, I wonder if anyone listening has had to confiscate cigarettes this year compared to vapes. When we think about the numbers that are being used. What is the difference here? What is it that's happening? Why are we seeing it? Those are all questions for us about what what is happening. So, we go on to say, socially, there's been a shift where smoking is perceived as a dirty habit and vaping is seen as a desirable alternative. She explains, it's all over social media, particularly TikTok. Influencers will be vaping in a TikTok video like they're just having a drink. Kids are just really exposed to it. They see the people they aspire to doing it and start vaping too. Now, certainly, and certainly this is, you know, one of the things we were aware of with smoking, which is why there were restrictions put in place on smoking in films, smoking on TV, where smoking could be advertised. But this TikTok thing is really interesting because uh, The Guardian mentioned it earlier in their report, and I can tell you the headline it was from, Chinese vaping giant flouting UK advertising rules on selling to children. And this was from the 17th of July. And this was a um, Elf Bar, who was the brand, who were... advertising uh, via TikTok using um, influencers on camera in a non-age restricted way and not always clearly marked as ads. Now, because of the way uh, e-cigarettes are regulated in the UK, maybe is the right word, because TikTok is predominantly or used by a over a certain percentage, somewhere between 25 and 50%. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's one of those numbers. Um, it means that you can't run smoking adverts on it because it is an area where children will see it. And very much like we've seen 
changes to our legislation on junk food advertising in children's programs. These exist. These regulations exist for vaping. Whether they are being followed or not, whether they're being broken, maybe is a different question, but they exist. One of the things that also concerns people, and certainly, you know, I've shared pictures of when I've seen it on social media, is where they are advertised in shops. You know, if they are advertised in a place, I've heard stories of them being in sweet shops, shops that predominantly sell sweets and then vapes. You know, there are questions here about the marketing and the way it's being done, and that concerns teachers, concerns people. It doesn't get us away from the fact that, you know, it's happening. And, and that maybe is one of the questions that, that we need to address in a, in a, in a larger way. Um, Sarah goes on to say, adolescents are susceptible to peer influence, increasingly via social media, and this is a concern. Um, just how worried should teachers be, the test article goes on to say. Opinion, it seems, is divided. And this is what we've seen. And when I say, you know, I've been through as much research as I really could find and talked to as many people as I really could find about this. And there does still seem to be a lot of divided opinion. Okay. Where we will go to, though, where we will go to as one of the things that I think, you know, we, I feel that we need to look at. And, and this is from ash.org.uk, where you can see their data, is if we look at those numbers, if we look at really what the, what the kind of surveyed figures are, however reliable they are, but they are the, these are figures that have been pulled together by um, Ash Action on Smoking and Health uh, through their fact sheet, uh, of use of e-cigarettes among young people in Great Britain. And I think that's important when we talk about these things. You, it is worth bearing in mind the context of America is very different. The context of Australia is very different. Now, these are the key findings uh, from this report. A large majority of, seven, of 11 to 17-year-olds have never tried or are unaware of e-cigarettes. That's 83.8%. Just you know, for clarity on that, as a as a as a statement, um, they are saying that eighty four percent around of children have never tried or are even aware of e cigarettes. In twenty twenty two, fifteen point eight percent of eleven to seventeen year olds had tried vaping. And that was compared to 11.2% in 2021 and 13.9% in 2020. So you can see a little bit of fluctuation there. And whether we are talking about that being part of the pandemic, whether the lockdowns, you know, who knows. But there is fluctuation in this number. And certainly this year, we have seen a rise. In 2022, 7% of 11 to 17-year-olds were current users compared to 3.3% in 2021 and 4.1% in 2020. And that is where we get those big headlines, this big concern. There has been a doubling of current users in the last year. Uh, children under 16 are least likely to try a cigarette, e-cigarette. 10.4% of 11 to 15 year olds had tried vaping compared to 29.3% uh, 
0.1% of 16 to 17 year olds and 40.8% of 18 year olds. Okay, so you can certainly see there is a, an age threshold where it quickly ramps up and it is in those later years of secondary school when we're talking about 16 year olds uh, into A levels that is when we are talking about seeing these uh, numbers rise okay so we see that the numbers go up there in the ash report what we also are seeing uh, from these figures and from their key headlines and these are their numbers uh, use among 11 to 17 year olds who have never smoked remains low and largely experimental, while 7.5% of never smokers have tried an e-cigarette in 2022, only 1.7% uh, reported at least monthly use. So there is the question for us, and the question for us as teachers, which is, if we are seeing this increase, and we are, you know, anecdotally, the TESS article talked about it, we have parents reporting it, you know, in, in The Guardian talking about uh, an increase in its use from peers, peers at school selling them to each other. Um, why are we seeing more of it in school? And we've had some suggestions. You know, we've had suggestions uh, from the teacher within the TES article who's suggesting that it is down to the um, fact that the smell. You know, it is down to the smell, it is down to the fact that it is in some way more socially acceptable. Uh, smoking is seen as dirty, which is a good thing, and we shouldn't undermine that. It is a good thing that smoking now is seen as uh, socially unacceptable. That is a good thing for our health, for our children's health. Um, there is also the chance that we put this blame at the uh, social media, in some form, and remember, some of these are paid advertisements, so they're being paid for in some way. Uh, so the social media impact of seeing people using vapes and in the, in the promotion, that this is something that is cool, is that this is something for young people. And perhaps that is something that, you know, it is a social thing that children want to do socially at school. Now, if that's the case, then it falls within a school's concern that they would see other people doing it. Is School is, for better or worse, at lunchtime, it's a social environment. It is a place where children congregate and will congregate in toilets. And this seems to be one of the places where people are reporting that vaping in schools is happening. You know, vaping is happening uh, within the schools that... The children are uh, coming into school and they are doing it with their friends in toilets together. It is not uh, going behind the bike. It's not a solitary thing that is happening. So there is concern about that. There is also concern then that people are reporting um, that it is the flavours, it is the colours, it is the packaging. So all of these things. Now we're going to pop to the news and hopefully when we come back, I am hoping that we'll be able to connect with John Dunn, who's the Director General of UK Vaping Industry Association, to put some of these questions about, you know, what is the industry's take on this? You know, what is it that they are seeing? How is it regulated? What safety measures are put in place? And also, what what is expected of schools? You know, what is expected of us when we do this? You know, how do we report? Who do we report to? 
you know, should we be trying to find out where these items have come from? Because certainly there are different levels of concern for me. You know, I know how to report the corner shop down the road if they, I believe they are selling underage anything to children at the school. If it is something bigger, if it is these illegal vapes that are coming in, that is surely a larger concern and something that we need to be more aware of, more worried about because of the heightened risk, the heightened potential damage or the heightened criminality of what's going on within it. Now, we're going to pop to the news. And when we come back, we'll try and talk a little bit. And I'd love to hear from you guys about what positive, proactive steps we can take around this issue. We'll see you on the other side. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. If you have a passion for education and a talent for teaching and learning, the Witherslack Group want to hear from you. Join them as they open an incredible new school in Essex and be a founding teacher of English, Maths, Science or Primary with multiple leadership opportunities available too. As Teachers Talk Radio partners, we know how much they care about the well-being of staff and their offer to you will be superb. To find out more and apply for a role, visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash careers. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. Liz Truss, who is in the race for leader of the Conservative Party, has this week focused on education. Ms Trust, a former Minister for Education and Children, has repeatedly said that children are failed and let down by low expectations. She has pledged to drive up the quality of maths teaching and aims to give working parents access to childcare around the school day. Miss Trust has also stated that she will follow through on government plans to change staff to child ratios for young children, bringing England into line with ratios in Scotland. She said, my six-point plan will ensure our education system gets back on track by giving every child the tools they need to succeed. 
Through a laser-like focus on improving maths and literacy standards, we will make a real difference to children's lives. And by giving families greater choice and flexibility when it comes to childcare, we will also save them money. Families are now able to apply for a school uniform grant of up to £200 per child per year, depending on your local authority and individual circumstances. It is a government-run scheme and the grant is non-repayable. Andrea Knowles, a budgeting expert at vouchers.co.uk, explained that the highest grants available to families in England is £150 per child but this could increase up to £200, depending on personal circumstances. In Wales, the grant is up to £200 per child, up to £150 in Scotland, and up to £67.50 in Northern Ireland. However, only 27 out of 149 English councils offer this grant, so parents will need to find out if this includes their local authority. This can be done on the government's website. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week I'm going to briefly discuss gamification as an idea you may want to try in the future. Gamification is when you design a learning experience in a way that resembles games that young people play. There have been lots of studies into gamifying and a quick internet search will give you some good ideas and further reading. Here I'm just going to present a few ideas I've found to work for me. Before you start, like anything new, you'll need to consider the extra time it's going to take to use gamification and decide whether it's worth it. A basic gamification method is to simply use a game as a theme for your planning. Using a game like Minecraft, for example, hugely popular with younger pupils, the phases of lessons can be split into sections and characters or places in the game can be used to present objectives. Putting this into an understandable scenario, in Minecraft you need 12 eyes of ender to create an end portal. For a topic over a half term, you create 12 challenges in line with your objectives. For each each challenge do pupils achieve an eye of ender. Once all 12 are achieved, they can complete the portal and cross to the end. The downside of this is what do you do with pupils that don't get all of the eyes of ender? Will they be demotivated or do you make the content achievable for all? Obviously, you run the risk of not engaging all pupils, but that goes for any method you try. For older pupils, this could be based on a popular TV game show. In the past, I've based revision lessons on catchphrase. It took a lot of work to create images that represented computing concepts, but the lesson was fun and was just different. You have to remember pupils will sit through a lot of presentations in their school career, so a different lesson from time to time can be quite refreshing. Another idea is using badges. 
These are best applied to tasks that need to be done. For example, awarding badges for digital literacy needed to access content on your school's virtual learning platform, like a completing and uploading homework badge, a badge for responding to feedback. Badges can be made easily in a graphics package and are really a modern digital form of the good old certificate. If this has given you food for thought, I'd love to hear what you're doing or planning to do. Why not get in touch with your top tips at TT Radio 2022? Follow us and tell us what you are doing to gamify your lessons. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Live from Swansea, this is The Twilight Show with Nathan Ginn on Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome to Swansea, welcome to the Twilight Show with me, Nathan Ginn, here on Teachers Talk Radio. And tonight we have been talking about vaping in UK schools. Now I did say we're hopeful that we'll be able to connect with John Dunn, who's the Director of UK, a Director General of UK Vaping Industry Association. If you are listening in the studio now, John, just hit that call in button and we'll connect you. But we started off the show where I shared you know, my own personal, as an adult, personal feelings on vaping, where, uh, you know, where it was helpful to me. And this is maybe something that we get lost on at some points that vaping as a tool to quit smoking is a good thing, is something that is helpful. And I should also say, and when we talk about the things we can do to stop it impacting on children, I also found that the flavors and the fact that it was more attractive to do was something that as a younger man not a a a child but as a younger man something that made it more appealing to me to help me break the cycle of smoking Uh, and so from that sense we can see you know maybe does that change your opinion when if you are one of the many many teachers listening who think that it vapes in in their all forms or certainly in the disposable forms or their flavors should be banned you know there is a question there for you about what are the side effects of taking that stance certainly there is another question we need to consider for ourselves which is we know that there are still children smoking and if we switch focus onto something that is better than smoking, or at least not as bad as smoking, uh, do we risk uh, having you know a unintended consequence there of an increase in smoking, which has been on a downward trajectory, thankfully, in the UK with uh, young people for, for a little while now? You know, so there is another question for us there. Um, one of the issues that we have as well is um, what can be done in school um, to take um, a a not a positive and positive is the wrong word a supportive approach when parents come to us with concerns because I would imagine and this might be wrong but I would imagine there are a number of schools out there at the moment who would say when I asked 
when I ask what their behave, what their approach, what their strategy to dealing with vaping would be, would be a sanction measure, would be to confiscate, would be to exclude, would be something along those lines. Now, we have heard, you know, a story from a young mother via the Guardian there of someone who was really struggling with their child to help control, to help enforce her expectations on the, her, her, her young person's behavior with regards to vaping. And the reason that she found it difficult, or at least she perceived herself to find it difficult, was the access that the young person had via friends or via people at school who were selling these products to them, or uh, the fact that the they were able to access illegal vapes that had a significantly higher nicotine content, or the social media aspect. Now, all of those things are slightly different elements that can be, you know, can be um, looked at when it comes to a school's policy on doing these things. I think it is worth us reflecting, though. You know, as we come back through to look at, we started off with the Centre for Disease Control's uh, information on vaping, and when we've talked about there being mixed messages, kind of different points of view about where exactly. We should be pitching our feelings about vaping in that continuum, you know, of drinking, of smoking, of caffeinated drinks, all of which have restrictions. You know, there is a question there of where, where we fit vaping in. So I'm going to go to the um, uh, Cancer Research UK uh, website. And, and for me, I feel that this is trustworthy. I feel that most people in the UK, most teachers would go to this and feel it is trustworthy. So I want you to hear their, their points of view on is vaping harmful? So first point, research so far shows that e-cigarettes are far less harmful than smoking. For people who smoke, e-cigarettes are an option to help them stop smoking. And their final point of the three, E-cigarettes are not risk-free. We don't yet know the long-term effects, so people who have never smoked shouldn't use them. Okay. And, and, and those would be our points. Now, one of the concerns for teachers there is there are children. We are dealing with the very start of this. It would be surprising to me if someone uh, was at a very young age in the process of Maybe, you know, maybe correct me if you have had contact with this. It would surprise me if there was a person who was of a very young age who had um, was using e-cigarettes to give up smoking. It may, be, it may be the case. Maybe you've come into this. Maybe this is something that you're aware of. So we go on to their, uh, their points about what are e-cigarettes, and we'll see how this differs from the CDC in America. They say electronic cigarettes, also known as e-cigarettes or vapes, they heat a liquid so that it becomes a vapor that people can breathe in. They usually contain nicotine, which is the addictive chemical in cigarettes. E-cigarettes do not contain tobacco, which is the harmful part of cigarettes. They go on to uh, have the next subheading of, does vaping have side effects? A lot of people want to know if e-cigarettes are safe and if it's too soon to say for sure. But Studies so far show that e-cigarettes are far less harmful than smoking. Most of the toxic chemicals in cigarettes are not present in e-cigarettes. Some potentially dangerous chemicals have been found in e-cigarettes, but levels are usually low and generally far lower than in tobacco cigarettes. Exposure may be the same as people who use nicotine replacement therapy 
such as patches or gum. There's no good evidence to show vaping causes cancer, but e-cigarettes are not risk-free. They've only become popular recently, so we don't know what effects they might have in the long term. They should only be used to help you stop smoking or to stop you going back to tobacco. If you have never smoked, you shouldn't use e-cigarettes. And again, this message comes up. And that's something for us to reflect on as teachers, because that, if it is the case that we are seeing an increase, if, and if it is the case that, you know, we know that it might be some, might be experimentation, certainly the figures there suggest that regular use is very low. Um, the the figures from um, Ash, um, they go on to say, um, is passive vaping harmful? And this is something that came up in the CDC, and I did say we'd come back to it. And they suggested that passive vaping was harmful. That would be the Center for Disease Control in America. Now, we get a different message from the Cancer Research UK, who say uh, there's no good evidence that secondhand vapor from e-cigarettes is harmful, as vapes are still relatively new, we can't be sure there aren't any long-term side effects to people who breathe in someone else's vapor, but this is unlikely to be harmful. Passive vaping is not the same as passive smoking. So potentially, depending on which piece of evidence you listen to, there's a potential there of relief, maybe for teachers who are looking at that, who are thinking that you know there are a large number of people who are in toilets together, potentially, who are vaping together, that sounds like something should be of less of a concern then to teachers. Now, I believe John Dunn has joined us. I'm just going to see if we can connect. Um, John, if you are there and you can click in the call in button, you should be able to see it. Uh, we'll hopefully connect you because it would be really interesting to hear, particularly around um, those parts around how they are marketed, how they are advertised, whether we should be, you know, what could be the side effects of going down an Australian ban? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, Nathan, I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. And uh, is it, John, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is John Dunn, General the UK Baby. And I think, John, we lost you a little bit there. I think, join um, the conversation. Hopefully I can answer. Oh. No, sorry, you've come back in. It's okay. You came in just back at the end there. Is that any better? Okay. Um, sorry, I'm on a very bad Wi-Fi connection. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm Director General of the UK Vaping Industry Association, which is the largest trade body for the sector. So I, I deal an awful lot with... Uh, the MHRA trading standards and the government around what's happening about vaping. So it's very interesting to join this conversation and hopefully I can add some yeah, insight. I think, you know, the, we've talked a little bit already. I, 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 you know, I've spoken about the fact that I was a smoker. I used vaping to give up smoking. So in that sense, as an adult, I see there is a benefit to vapes existing in the world. I've talked a little bit about the fact that in Australia it is a very different situation. Um, we have um, talked a little bit about what we are seeing as practitioners in the classrooms or in schools and, and possibly why that might be. There have been some comments through Twitter from, from people um, who are 
pro-vaping, should I say, I'm not sure if that's the right word, who have suggested maybe this is because we are seeing it in different settings, that we are seeing it inside the school because it smells differently or because you can more easily put them away rather than a cigarette burning your pocket. And maybe that's why teachers are feeling it is a bigger issue than potentially it is. We've looked at some of the data that suggests, you know, was surprising to me when I saw it about the number of young people are doing it. One of the bits we haven't touched on, and maybe this is where your expertise might help us, is the marketing and advertising of it. Because yep. certainly teachers would be concerned, or you know, in the comments that we've had back, that um, vapes, particularly disposable, and we've tried to kind of talk of different types here, but particularly disposable vapes in their um, design and their flavouring are appealing to young people. Yep. Um Okay, let me, let, me, let me try and I'll, I'll, I'll do a few different pieces here. First of all, I, you know, I'm very aware of the situation. My, my partner is actually a primary school teacher as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing about disposables, A, the, the, this is not a new thing. Disposables have been around for the last 11, 12 years since I've been in the industry. Um, but where, where this new phenomenon is coming is from legislative changes in the U.S., um, and for those of you that, that don't know, there's a, a PM, what's called a PMTA process, which is extremely expensive. It was, uh, it was a regulation that was brought in in the US to, to regulate uh, vaping by the FDA. But they left a loophole in there um, around disposable devices, sealed vaping devices, which were excluded from this legislation. So the, the, the Chinese manufacturers where, you know, 99% of these products are made in an area called Shenzhen in China. Um, and they were basically developed to get around this loophole. Um, and obviously with the UK being the second largest market, you know, it, it, it made sense for them to bring them here. So this has started about hmm, 18 months ago, maybe, but really has come to the, the forefront in about the last six to eight months. Um, as things have become popular, and and what's actually fueling it is um, is social media. It's things like TikTok, it's things like Instagram, and unfortunately, young people are getting their information very quickly from all of these channels. Um, but these channels are not age gated, they're, uh, and they're not country gated. So that's one of the biggest issues that we found, and and, and this is why it's being fueled. But from the flavors, the, the, the colors, all of that type of thing, those have been around for 10 years. But the youth vaping numbers in the UK have been extremely low. And the other thing that's, that's important to look at from the numbers is, is moving away from the, you know, the sensation of headlines or whatever, that, that's the media's job is to, to make you look at those. But where we've seen an increase in the last year um, in action for smoking and health numbers, for instance, is in the trial. Of, of vaping devices. So there's, there's about a 2% increase in, in, in young people between the, the ages of 11 and 17 trying the product. But the, what we call the, the, the everyday use or, or you know, at least once a week use is still very low. It's at about 1.7%. Um, and most of those young people actually previously smoked. So from the UK government's perspective, they're actually kind of, kind of doing something better. But these products are not designed for young people. These products are not designed for people who don't smoke. And we actually have laws in this country that regulate the age at which you can purchase them, which is 18. Now, the problem is that regulation is not very well enforced. 
and, and I deal with trading standards officers all over the country. They're just so stretched um, in, in resources. In fact, one of the largest areas for what I call you know dodgy wholesalers or wholesalers that don't that deal in the the higher the higher nicotine levels, higher puff levels, which are illegal here. Um, there's only one trading standards officer for that entire entire area, and he just doesn't have the time to deal with it, which for us is a big issue. Um, now, one of the things that I've challenged the government for is is to increase fines. So make it make it really painful for you know the, the the small minority of retailers who frankly don't care who they sell the products to. They just they just care about money. Um, you know, I want to see them punished, and the only way you're going to punish them is financially. So right now, the fine, for instance, on a retailer who's caught selling to minors is only two hundred pounds. I want to see that increase to ten thousand pounds, for instance. You know, I want to see stores that sell vaping products to be licensed, and then part of that licensing agreement would be that they have robust age verification processes in place. So, I'll give an example of of, of how that works. As a trade association, as part of the the, the membership of our, our association, you have to agree to be to be tested. Um, and we test our members four times a year. And we hire a third party company to effectively act as an underage uh, an underage person trying to buy the product, whether that's both brick and mortar and online. Um, and then we share that information with our local trading standards partner. Um, but we're the only trade association to do that. You know, it's not a legal requirement that we do. And to us, I think, you know, that's something that should be brought in because, you know, these products are a good product if you're a smoker moving away from smoking. They're, they're probably one of the best things you can do if you can't quit altogether. Um, but, you know, I don't want to see young people vaping. You know, that, that's not what these products are designed for. Um, so that, that, that's kind of where we come from in this argument. Um, you know, but it, 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 you know, it is a big issue for us because I deal with, with politicians all the time. And, you know, the two things they ask me about right now is youth vaping and the environment. Um, and that's two of our, you know, we just, I literally had our board meeting today and that, that was the two top, top topics as well. That makes sense. Yeah. Now, uh, you know, obviously, we, generally, the audience listening now will be teachers, will be people who are working in schools, will be people who are, you know, as myself, I have confiscated, I, you know, I, I have a number of disposable vapes in my um, drawer at work that I've taken off people. And schools are probably... Because I will say, you know, as, as as much as we can say that this has existed as a as an item, you know, when I when I was vaping, we're talking ten years ago, you know, yep. when I gave up smoking, they, they have existed. But we are seeing, for some reason, whether it be social media, um, we are seeing an increase in them being on the school premises. So we are oh, taking them off people. What would you hope then? Because I think people would know what to do if there was alcohol. You know, if a child brought alcohol in or if a child brought cigarettes in, I feel that there, you know, is this a new phenomenon? What would you hope teachers or schools were doing if they were confiscating uh, vapes off children? Do we need to be asking where they're coming from, reporting it to someone? Absolutely. A hundred percent. Like I probably I probably get in and about the region of 20 or 30 calls a week 
from schools looking for advice um, on what they should do. Um, I talk to training standards officers all around the country. I probably, I probably turn in in the region of about 500 illegal sellers a week, or sorry, a month um, into trading standards. But it can be quite difficult sometimes actually get to speak to a trading standards office or even get their email which is you know it's frustrating for me but i think the first thing i would talk you know i'd find out is is um you know where they got it from was it from a store was it from you know uh you know a family member or was it from you know one of their one of the students themselves um and then also then what i would do is i would pass that information on either to myself you know my my uh, my email is john at ukvia.co.uk because all of that information I collate on a monthly basis and send to trading standards and MHRA. But also is, is to contact your local trading standards officer and say, listen, you know, this is the problem. These are the two or three stores that we've identified as selling products to miners because those trading standards um, officers will, uh, will take action. They will do undercover raids on these stores um but i think where my frustration comes into that is you know I, I, i'll give an example um there was one there was one council up north that made the press they were talking about how this retailer had sold vaping products to underage children for on four occasions and you know they find i think the total fine was 840 pounds and the councillor said oh that sends a strong message on how we feel about this i said no the only thing that says is that you don't really care you know, because eight hundred and forty pounds to a retailer who's selling hundreds of these things is nothing. You know, um, so this is this is one of the reasons why I'm really passionate about pushing for those bigger fines because that's the only thing that's going to help. A, it, it it hurts the retailer, but two, if those funds are then uh, earmarked to trading standards, that solves their problem of being under resourced. They've got all of this money flowing in um you know to go and do more raids and that's what we want them to do because you know i can i can control to a certain extent the marketing i can control certain extents what companies do but the only thing i can't do is actually go out and enforce you know we don't have the legal powers to do that um you know but i you know i'm well aware of the, the problems i go out with trading standards on 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 raids all of the time um, so I understand their frustration and I understand, you know, how the problem is developing. Um, but one of the things that I find frustrating is I've, I've actually reached out to the Association of Head Teachers, for instance, you know, to offer guidance and advice. And, and I was disappointed that they didn't respond back to us because, you know, we are, we do, you know, yes, we are the industry, but we want to do the right thing. You know, we're, we're here to help smokers switch to something that's less harmful we're not here to addict children that's that's not what we're about um so you know happy days you can contact me i will t i take every report extremely seriously um you know if if you can get your local trading standards involved that's great if you're finding it difficult for, to get in touch with them let me know what the trading standards are and i'll will i will contact them um on your behalf um if that if that helps no fantastic and i think you know people would be um grateful to hear that i think and i think you know it is very easy for people and and, and this is where i think it is hard for schools to look and and there are people 
you know, because it is easy for us to say these are marketed at children, these are attractive to children, these are, you know, something that should be banned. That is a very easy thing for us to say. Um, and it is something that I believe has, has, has been tried in Australia. And I assume then as an organisation, you would be against, uh, you know, us moving towards or their, the fear or the panic being a, a level or the, 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 the belief that children are using it in a way, being at a level that there was an all-out ban. Would that have under consequences? Yeah, it, it, it would. And, you know, we've seen certain states, for instance, in the US that have, you know, taken, you know, a prohibitionist stand. They ban flavors, packaging, all of that. But what they've actually seen is the smoking rates go back up. Um, you know, but this is this is something that, you know, we're, we, you know, nobody's kidding ourselves. We're not going to get rid of it 100% because, you know, teenagers are going to try these products anyway. But what we've got to do is minimize that. And, and where we've seen the switch, like you have, you know, on, on the ground is it switched from being, you know, a, a reasonable amount of trial to being very visible trial. You know, you've got, uh, you know, I, I see TikTok all the time. I see these people vaping on there, young people vaping on there, talking about it, doing tricks, all of this, this stuff. Um, that's the part that's new. Um, and that's the part that's troubling. Um, but what I'm trying, what we're trying to do is cut off the supply. Because if we make it more difficult for them to get the products, then that will, that will solve some of the problem. But I think the other part then is education. Um, how, you know, how do we as an industry work with schools to provide factual information that's not perceived perhaps as being, oh, the industry is just trying to influence schools or trying to in infiltrate schools. Um, and this is, the, this is the balance that I have to deal with in my role. Um, and, you know, and as a father, as, a, as I said, I, you know, my partner's a teacher. <laughs> I, I fully understand, you know, how hard that is for schools to take that advice and not feel that they're being influenced in that way. And this is possibly the hardest question, I think. Okay. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, where we, where we sit, and I know you talk about sort of giving support and guidance to schools about how we educate people on it. And one of the things that I see often and it's interesting that you talk about the, the, the fines possibly, you know, being on the low end. I don't know how that compares with tobacco selling to underage. But I would say in schools, we currently would be sanctioning children to a similar level for vaping on school as they do for smoking on school. Similarly, teachers, and, and this has come across through our Twitter conversations, teachers are saying that they believe it, they perceive it to be as bad as Simbad or, a, you know, a similar offence for want of a better word for a child to do that as smoking do you believe or that 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 is the right way for this information to be getting to young people is that a message that that, that you think is damaging maybe to either the industry or smoking cessation later on or mm -hmm. you know do we need to just try and cut it out and and, and enforce it with children it's it's a difficult one um you know from my from my perspective you know if i look at it from a legal perspective they are breaking the law by vaping mm. you know they're under the age of 18 it's illegal for them to purchase or or to vape but if i look at it from uh as a parent and i've you know i have two teenagers myself um 
it, it, for me, it's a, it's a little bit of education. So, you know, if they're smoking, I want to find out why they're smoking. You know, if they're vaping, I want to understand why, why they're vaping. But I think from a school's perspective, yes, if that's your stance in smoking, you should treat vaping in the same way as you, as you treat smoking. Now, the only, the only difference between the two is, you know, one is pretty much going to kill you. Um, you know, unfortunately, 220 people in the UK die every day from smoking-related diseases. Whereas vaping, you know, yes, it's not 100% safe, but it's, it's far, far, far safer for you than if you were to smoke. But, you know, when you're talking about young people, you're talking about young people who either, you know, have never smoked and never vaped. This is, this is where the biggest problem is coming, is why are, why are pe young people who have never smoked choosing to vape? What, what's, what's the, you know, what's, what's forcing them down that route? Or, or, you know, is it peer pressure? Is it advertising? Is it, you know, whatever? Um, and we have very strong regulations in this country around how vaping products can be advertised. Um, and we had a, you know, TikTok is probably one of the, 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 the pains in my side, because as far as I'm concerned, um, I don't think any vaping brand in any way, shape or form should be on TikTok. You know, the demog demographic of that social media site is, you know, is you know probably 13 at this stage to you know 17 and yes there are some adults on there and millennials or whatever but the major demographic of that site is is low and there's no way of tiktok have no way of age gating and no facility to age gate um the, the media so when i talk to brands um you know and even some of the the the, the, the two biggest disposable brands in, in the world i probably had 10 hours of meetings in the last two weeks with the number one brand all around this subject. Um, and, and thankfully, I think we've got them to the point where they're actually going to um, come out against TikTok. They're going to challenge TikTok and removing all of their products, whether they put them on there or somebody else put them on there. Um, you know, but we have, we have a responsibility to, to A, act within the law, but also then to challenge social media sites that are flaunting the law. Um, you know, the other thing that frustrates me as well is, you know, while, while our members, for instance, you know, uh, take age gating of sales very strongly, you know, we're seeing things like these late night um, delivery systems. We're seeing, you know, uh, one of the, the, what the argument, ones I hate is I see it on Twitter and I see it on, um, on WhatsApp. You've got these individuals on there going, you know, oh, I don't care what age you are. You know, ten elf bars for you know twenty quid or whatever it is, hmm. um, and and we'll deliver them to you in an hour, you know, in a half hour, and it's like you know how 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 is this allowed? Um, and this and this is one of probably my biggest challenges is when I talk to the government is well how can we change things? How can we use the existing laws to get rid of this? Um, and and where it's frustrating for me is it takes so bloody long, <laughs> to, yeah. you know, for them to take action. And, and obviously now in the situation we're in, we've got a new government. So now I have to start with a new government and a new health minister and, you know, whomever. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's just frustrating from our perspective because obviously, you know, the media is going to point to the industry and go, oh, it's them, it's them, it's them. Well, no, it's not. You know, it's a small percentage of the industry that, that really doesn't care. 
Um, and that's what we battle every day. And so, you know, we are, we, we do need to wrap up, but thank you so much for, um, for coming on and taking the time to talk to, to teachers about this, because there are, you know, as I've said, there are concerns out there that people are seeing it or having to deal with it. And maybe it is part of that, that they are, you know, this, this public kind of trialing, as you described it, that we are seeing from young people, but certainly it is on people's minds. Um, is there any final message you would want to give to teachers who are, you know, facing this as a concern as they go into the next year? I, I would say one thing, you know, I am open to, you know, any discussions that you want. So feel free to reach out to me. Um, we do have an awful lot of information on our website, which is ukvia.co.uk. Um, you know, if you have concerns about a specific area, as I said, reach, reach out to me. My, my email is john, J-O-H-N, at ukvia.co.uk. Um, and if you're having trouble reaching your trading standards, I'll do that for you. It seems to work. Um, but if you have any kind of concerns or you need any information, I'm, I'm happy to provide that. Thank you so much. And, and, and thank you for coming on. Uh, now, I should say, um, John, if you're able to mute your microphone now, I can just hear it talking. Okay, let me try. Fabulous. Thanks a lot for coming. It. Don't no worry. Problem. Thank you. Ta-da, bye-bye. Um, and so if you have just right at the end there, you were listening to John Dunn, who's the Director General of UK Vaping Industry Association, UK VIA. And we were talking just there about the stance from the industry on what we are seeing in the perceived rise in vaping in teenagers, in schools in the UK. Um, if you've missed the start of the show, don't forget, you can listen back at TT Radio org slash listen back where you can hear all of our shows uh you can hit the search bar and type in any words that you want there whether it be pastoral whether it be special educational needs you can find any of our shows of the last thousand or more track back through and find a topic that is interesting to you maybe you're off on your summer holidays and you need something to listen to well listen back with us and don't forget to find us on at tt radio 2022 on twitter on instagram on LinkedIn. You can find us pretty much anywhere and join the conversation. Tune in, talk it out.